Jesus, there is no one but you who can make our life whole and make our life complete. So use those words from this story in Scripture to help us know how we follow you more. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Just want to welcome those of you who are online or watching the community center. Great to have you with us today. Great to have all of you in here too. Welcome. A couple of summers ago, some friends uh, took my family and me out on their boat, and they had this kind of giant inner tube-like thing that they would that you could get into, and then they'd pull you behind the boat, and it was just tons of fun flying through the water on this thing. It was just it was just a blast. My kids loved it, except for one. My youngest, she just refused to do it. Instead, she spent the afternoon sort of looking like this. I just love the look on her face. I ain't getting in that thing, and you can't make me. And I don't feel bad about it either. Well, in a way, I think that picture kind of captures one of our comfort, uh, one of our uh, culture's main goals, and that is a comfortable life. Our culture encourages us to have a financially, emotionally, socially comfortable life. We're doing a sermon series called What If? What if we follow Jesus more than our culture? How much more joy would we have? How would that transform our marriages, our careers, our relationships, all the rest? And one of the things our culture encourages, as I just said, is a life lived within the comfort zone. And we all have a comfort zone. Even people who are very risky, risk takers in one area of life, can be very conservative in another area of life. We all have our comfort zone, whether it's a physical comfort zone, or emotional, or financial, or social comfort zones. And I don't know about you, but this is the number one issue that keeps me from living the abundant life Jesus wants to give us. Because whether it's taking a risk to be part of God's rescue mission or giving more money away than I'm comfortable with or laying aside my wants for a minute in order to serve my spouse and my kids and build a better relationship or going to reconcile a conflict situation because I hate conflict, I do not want to get outside my comfort zone. And yet, and yet, without exception, every single mountaintop experience in my whole life has been because I followed Jesus to do something outside my comfort zone. Whether that was marrying Christina, which I was afraid to do, or some of the mission trips that I've been on, or some of the times when I've opened my heart up to someone and it was scary, but it brought a whole new depth of relationship. The greatest joys I have ever known have all come from stepping outside my physical, emotional, financial, or social comfort zones to follow Jesus. But that is not the message of our culture. The message of our culture is work hard, work really, really hard, so you have a nice house, nice car, nice job, lots of prestige, right? Acquire all kinds of reputation so that we're socially comfortable. Find people who meet our needs but don't ask too much of us so that we're relationally comfortable. Amass a lot of wealth so we're financially comfortable. But there are three big problems with life inside the comfort zone. The first is it becomes a prison. Because here's what happens. Our comfort zone, when we stay inside it, we don't expand it. It just shrinks smaller and smaller until pretty soon everything bugs us. I've known several people who've worked in luxury hotels. And they say you would be shocked at how furious people get over the smallest things. One man said he was yelled at by an irate customer because the chocolates weren't on his pillow at bedtime. And he paid for those chocolates and he needed them. Right? I mean, wow, get a life. 
Like when your world is small, everything in it gets big because the comfort zone shrinks. Or consider the evolution of the lazy boy recliner in our culture. <laughs> right, like even the name, right? Not risky boy, not adventure boy. <laughs> lazy boy. But pretty soon the lazy boy wasn't enough. No, 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 no. You needed something to eat while you sat there watching TV. So God invented microwave popcorn. But that wasn't enough either because, you know, sometimes, sometimes, back in the day, you actually had to get up and turn the channel on the TV, right? A suffering not to be endured. Where's God when it hurts? So then there was the TV remote, right? But then we got so dependent on the remote that things could get pretty ugly around the house if someone lost the remote, right? So now there's a remote where if you've lost it, you clap your hands and it starts beeping and you can find it. And what's depressing is I know the only thing some of you will take from this sermon is, I got to get me one of them remotes. <laughs> no matter how comfortable we try to make our lives, there's always something else that bugs us. So another word for life in the comfort zone is prison. Second problem is, ultimate comfort is an illusion. There is no such thing as a risk-free life. Life is risk. Ever notice how it has this tendency to end in death? <laughs> Very frequently, people who live die. It's an amazing correlation. And yet our culture says that we need to work real hard to have a nice house, nice job, nice retirement, lots of money just in case, as if the goal in life is to arrive safely at death. That make any sense at all? None. Which brings me to the third problem with life within the comfort zone. In a word, boring. No adventure, no joy, no depth of relationship. You see, the most dangerous thing about staying in the comfort zone is not what we'll do while we're there. It's what we won't do. It's the relationships that will never get deeper because we won't have the uncomfortable conversation to open our heart and get honest about what's really going on inside of us. It's the daring prayers that we'll never pray for fear that God might actually answer that one. It's the adventures that we will never have because we are too busy working hard to get prestige, money, security. It's the spiritual battles we'll never fight. It's the victories we'll never win. It's the laughter we'll never laugh and it's the tears we'll never weep. Our culture says, man, life in the comfort zone, that's where it's at. Money, prestige, vacations, lots of playtime, that's where it's at, the comfort zone. But the truth is we were built for something bigger, we were built for something better, we were built for something more, and we will be restless and we will be miserable and we will be bored until we get it. And that's what the Apostle Peter discovers in this very familiar story that we just read, that when we step out of our comfort zone, I mean, talk about getting out of a boat in a storm, right? Life gets bigger, more meaningful, more abundant than we can imagine. The setting for this story is that Jesus has just finished feeding 5,000 people. That's the story before. 5,000 people, just a few loaves and bread and a few loaves and fishes. And, and the disciples are part of that. So they're probably thinking, that is a good day's work, man. It's Miller time. <laughs> you know, let's sit back and just relax. But what does Jesus do? It says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side. Well, that's irritating. You know, right there, Jesus is pushing them out of their comfort zone. He's saying, no, 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 no. More adventure to be had, boys. Let's keep going. Jesus did not come to make us comfortable. 
In our American theology, you know, he's sort of the comfort guy, but he did not come to make us comfortable. Yes, Jesus comforts us in difficult times, but there is a difference between being comforted and comfortable. As my seminary professor used to say, Jesus came to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. Because you see, Jesus came not just to give us life after death, yes, that too, but more importantly, life after birth. Jesus came to make us bold, not cautious. He is not the safety guy. He is the live life to the fullest Lord who calls us out of our comfort zone to a bigger life. So the disciples get in the boat, right? And then they push out in the lake. And then what happens? There's a storm. Because that's just life. There are sometimes storms. There are sometimes difficult things. And sometimes when we follow Jesus out of our comfort zone, that will bring trials too. Now, most of the time, God does not cause those trials, but he does use them for our good, and he uses them for good in lots of different ways. One that we have all experienced is we all know the the, the experience of coming out of a difficult season with more wisdom, more compassion for others, a deeper connection to God. Trials often strengthen our character, which is why I've begun, begun to wonder lately, why is it that I pray so often that God would keep my kids safe But I never ask that God give them enough challenges to make them strong, enough tears to keep them tender, enough hurts to keep them human. Why don't I do that? Because the reality is our trials can produce good things. But, but, Jesus does not leave us in our trials forever. In this story, he comes to them walking on the water because Jesus meets us in our trials. And what does he say to them? He says, take courage, not take comfort, not there, there. Not, it's going to be okay. Take courage, it is I. And the actual Greek where he says it is I is I am, which is significant because I am, that's the name of God. If you remember back in the Old Testament, Moses says to God, what's your name? And God says, my name is I am. And that's where our confidence comes from. Confidence does not come from finding a storm-free lake. That's what our culture says. Find the storm-free lake, you'll be happy. Confidence does not come from finding a storm-free lake. There is no such thing this side of heaven. It comes from having Jesus on the lake with us in the storm. Jesus is saying, take courage. I am. I am the one who made the lake. I am the one who made the wind. I am the one who made the water, and I am ruler of them yet. And when we understand that, when we know that, Here is the amazing thing in this story. We do not just survive the storm. When we know that Jesus is with us, we don't just survive the storm. No, 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 no. Jesus gives us power to walk on top of the storm, which is what happens next. Peter says to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. That is a very important verse. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. You see, Peter doesn't just hop out of the boat right right away. He only is going to do it if it is a response to Jesus' call. We don't just step outside of our comfort zone for the heck of it. You know, risk for risk's sake. Let's go bungee jumping for Jesus. That'll glorify him. We step out of our comfort zone in response to his call. Now, as as I've gone through this sermon, some of you may have thought, you know, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't feel comfortable at all in life. I'm busy. I work like a dog. I'm stressed out. But let me ask you this question. Are we busy with the things that Jesus has called us to do or the things our culture tells us we need to pursue? Money, prestige, security, comfort. See, this isn't about getting out of your comfort zone. It's not about you adding one more thing, right? I will pencil in out of my comfort zone for Tuesday at noon. That's, this is not what we're talking about. It may be about reducing your schedule in order to reorient some of what we're doing 
to pursue the things of Jesus rather than our culture because the things of Jesus bring us joy. Well, how do I know what he's asking me to do? Two ways. First, there's a general command for all of us in Scripture. Tell others about him. Serve others in his name. Help the poor. We do not need a voice from heaven to tell us to do that. But then along the way, if he has a specific assignment, he will let us know what it is. You know, through those nudges that we get in prayer, through an invitation someone gives us to do something. And when we respond to his call, the result is, as in this story, life gets amazing. Life gets bigger. Life gets more adventurous when we respond to his call. You know how this story goes. Peter gets out of the boat. Notice, even though there's a storm, he gets out of the boat. That's very significant, too, because sometimes I think we wait for conditions to be just right before we step out of our comfort zone. You know, I don't want to be uncomfortable when I step out of my comfort zone. So when I have more time, when I have more money, when, after I'm married, when the storm stops, then, no, Jesus, says, now, now, now. And then what happens? He gives us power to rise above the storm. Peter walks on top of the waves. Okay, how cool is that? That is a good day at the office, right? I could just see Peter looking back at the disciples in the boat going, check it out, guys. I am walking on water in a storm. Am I the man or what? I mean, you know, he might have danced a little, maybe done one of these or one of these, you know. I mean, <laughs> I would have, right? I mean, how cool is that? I mean, walking on water, not the dancing part, right? How cool is that? Now, you know, as you know, he looks at the storm and gets afraid and then he sinks because if we take our eyes off Jesus, that's what happens. We sink. But then Jesus picks him up. So yeah, in a way, he kind of failed. But as I've said before, there were 11 bigger failures sitting back in the boat. Seeking safety, comfort, spiritual couch potatoes, or, you know, boat potatoes. The boat is safe. The boat is comfortable. Man, what we miss if we stay in that boat. They missed walking on water. And I got to believe they regretted that to the day they died. Every time they looked at Peter, they'd be thinking, well, you, you rotten little water walker, you. <laughs> I could have walked on the water too if I'd gotten out of the boat. So what's your boat? Where are you afraid to step outside of your emotional or social or financial comfort zone? And what adventure, what joy, what life are you missing? Because when we step out of the boat, life just gets a whole lot more fun. But what do I know? I'm just a preacher. So I have asked a real person, Doug Engberg, who is part of this church, to come and talk a little bit about how he found joy about stepping out of, out of, in stepping out of the comfort zone. Well, before my wife, Margo and I were married, we had discussed having children... But I felt that a guy my age had no business having more kids. I'd been married before, and at that time my daughter was in college. It wasn't that I didn't like children. It's just that, well, you know, I'd already been there. And besides, I love the idea of having no other responsibilities. So I wanted Margo and I to be able to come and go as we please, travel wherever and whenever we wanted. And whenever I'd see parents in minivans with lots of kids, I'd think, thank you, God, that isn't me. <laughs> I just wanted to be comfortable and get my full eight hours of sleep. But in May of 2001, Margo and I attended the King County Prayer Breakfast. The speaker that morning was Delilah. You know, love stories with Delilah on Warm 109.6. Not a typical radio station I listened to. 
I hadn't heard of her, and I was there to network with other business leaders. Delilah began to share her story of adopting children and living at that time in the most crime-ridden area of Seattle, White Center. Within the first 15 minutes of her talk, I was a mess. My heart began to break, and Margot looked at me and asked if I was okay, and my response to her was, no, I'm not okay. Fast forward to December 20th, 2002. There was a knock on the door late in the evening that would forever change my life. A young lady who had been in Young Life, where Margot was a club leader, was at the door with a six-week-old baby named Jasmine. Margot was excited to see her, and of course she let her in. And after a few minutes, it was clear to us that she was not excited at all about being a mom. So Margot says to her that Jasmine can spend, spend the night with us. Now, not wanting to be totally rude, I say to Margot in private, no way. <laughs> and Margot says in her most loving and sweet voice, hush up. <laughs> I'll get up in the night with Jasmine, not you. And my loving response is, yes, you will. <laughs> but by the next morning, I was holding Jasmine, and God began to give me a picture of millions of boys and girls who just want to belong, who need a home. But I found myself trying to guard my heart. What if I fall in love with her and she's gone? When I told a friend about this, he said, it's like God's love. God took a risk with us, but it, but it is a risk worth taking. Doug, take the risk and be Jesus to Jasmine. Well, soon after that, we became legal guardians, and then Jasmine's mother asked us to adopt Jasmine. However, the biological father was in prison and would not sign over his parental rights, so we had to go to court. I was way out of my comfort zone on this one. As we were going through the court battle, I'd wake up in the middle of the night pleading with God in desperation for Jasmine. I was terrified that we would lose this little girl. Yet through all the tears and sleepless nights, I knew Jesus was with me every step of the way, and I felt Jesus weeping with me and kept hearing a small voice in my heart saying, trust me, I love Jasmine more than you'll ever know. The key for us was many friends in this church who were standing in the gap in prayer as we battled for the life of Jasmine. And in March of 2007, we were finally able to adopt her. Then, Margot says... I really don't want Jasmine to be an only child. I said, I'm an only child. She said, that's my point. So Margot had been on a mission trip to Guatemala and had a heart for the children there, so we found an agency to work with and in the spring of 2007, Margot went to Guatemala. Several babies were brought to the hotel room for Margot to meet. She was crying, saying, I want them all, but we can only choose one. We chose Mia. Now, I know what you all are thinking right now. You picked her because she's the cutest, right? Well, to be real, no. In fact, she was kind of homely, to be honest. But our facilitator said that she had been prayed for before she was born, and that captured our hearts. So a few weeks later, I went down to meet Mia. And uh, by the way, not that this really bothers me or anything, but I'll be 68 when Mia graduates from high school. 
Just a little side comment that has no bearing on the story. I'll just continue. So while we were there, we met our facilitator who happened to have two young children with the ages of eight and ten. They were siblings. And while we were meeting, the two children kept asking her something. We didn't understand it because it was in Spanish. The facilitator responded back to them with no. Kept shaking her head, no. Finally, we said, what are they asking you? She said, you don't want to know. I said, well, no, no, please tell us. She says, the kids are asking if you're going to be their new mom and dad. I looked over at Margot, who had huge tears in her eyes, and said, yes, tell them we are their mom and dad. <laughs> it had to be the Holy Spirit speaking through me, because I didn't even know what I said. <laughs> we went to Guatemala for one child and came home with three. And trust me, friends, it was not the blue light special. I know we kind of laugh when we hear the prayer, Lord, I'll do whatever you want as long as you don't send me to Africa. Well, I sort of prayed like that, not the, not the I don't send me to Africa kind of prayer, but Lord, you can use me, but I'm a little old or I'm a little tired or I'm broke or whatever my excuse was to adopt. So by now you may be thinking, was it worth it, Doug? Was it? What did you gain from stepping out of your comfort zone besides, you know, a car seat taking up space in the back seat or making late night runs to Walgreens for medicine for a sick kid or getting stares from people wondering why two white people have children of various ethnicities or thinking someday of being at Mia's high school graduation and someone saying to Mia, it's so nice your grandpa could make it. Besides all that, I've gained lots of laughter around the table with an occasional food fight, and I get to hear the words, Daddy, Mommy, you're the best. And will you read Mia and the Magic Cupcake one more time? And, and to hear my son ask, dad, ask her, his dad, does your voice kind of go high when you talk sometimes? And we get to feel God's pleasure as we attempt to walk in obedience and tell our children of the love of Jesus and the awesomeness of adoption, because we are adopted by God and just as dad and mom picked you out, so does God pick us. Was it worth the cost? Was it worth the pain and tears? Yes. Would I do it again? Absolutely yes. I love the verse in Psalms 37.4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. As I took small steps of faith, God was with Margo and me, and I discovered that I had desires that I didn't realize I had. So what is it for you? Doug stepped out of his comfort zone, and what did he get? Difficulty, trials, and discomfort, especially during that court battle. He glossed over it, but that was hard. But he also got more life, joy around his dinner table, a bigger heart filled with more love, and he rescued four kids from poverty. And even when it was hard, you just heard Doug say he knew Jesus was there, and Jesus gives us the power to walk on top of the storm. That's Doug's story. Yours is going to be different but how is Jesus calling you out of your comfort zone, whatever your comfort zone is? Maybe it's to give folks in poverty a hand up. Tons of ways to do that. You can talk to folks that get connected after the service. Maybe it's to serve youth somehow. Or give more of your money away to Christian causes. Or go on a short-term mission trip. Maybe it's just to say to your spouse, I am so sorry 
and how did we get here? And let's try again. Or guys, maybe it's to write your wife a love letter. That's outside your comfort zone. Or maybe it's simply to start, just start praying this prayer. Jesus, I am in the boat. I am playing it safe. So Lord, call me to an adventure that scares the hell out of me. Literally. Because here's the thing. As comfortable as that looks, <laughs> as relaxing as that may seem, after a while, it's a prison and we get bored, which is why eventually Lucy actually did get in the water. You see, she watched her siblings out there looking like this all day. I mean, look at the smile on that boy's face, right? He is having a blast and he has confidence. Why? Because mom is in the boat with him. Mom is right there on his adventure. So when Lucy saw that, she wanted to go out there too. So she and I got in the inner tube and we went out in the water and I don't have a picture of that for which you are grateful. And we had a great time. We told her to put her thumbs up when she wanted to go faster, thumbs down for slower. Guess which way the thumb was up all afternoon. And I was right there with her having the adventure together. You see, as a Christian, I believe in life after birth, don't you? And nobody wants their tombstone to say, well, at least he didn't get hurt. Jesus is standing outside your boat. And he is saying, take courage it is I. Come on. Come on. There is an adventure to be had, and you don't want to miss it. So Jesus, give us courage and confidence to step out of the boat with you and find the adventure, the joy, the life that you have for us. Teach us to walk on the surface of the waves, and we will give you the glory. In your name, amen.